welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the Give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa, and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Hey, Kingdom Culture family, welcome to our online experience. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying this amazing summer. And uh, we're going we're gonna to continue from last week's message, the spirit of last week's message. If you haven't heard it, it's called Plant It When It's Hard. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that. And we're going to continue sort of in the spirit of that space. We're not really in a series per se, but we are in a little bit of a theme, okay? And we're talking about not only the kingdom as we have been over and over again and uh, really diving into deeper and deeper over the last season, really, since we came back to uh, meeting in person. Um, but we're going to dive into a little bit more of that today. And so I want to pray as we open, before we open this message, I feel like God is really going to speak to so many of us this morning in a really, really powerful way. And so God, I just pray that you'd open up our eyes, open up our hearts, open up our mind to receive what it is that you want to say today in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you remove all the hindrances, distractions, fears, things that weigh heavy on our soul. God, I pray that you'd lift those things off right now. Your burden truly is light. Your yoke is easy. And I pray that you would ease us into today in a way where we are totally available and open to receive what it is that you want to say without hindrance in Jesus' name. I just believe what we are in a, we are in a, what I'm calling a, a listening season. I don't think that we're ever not in a listening season, but I really feel like God is highlighting are you listening? Like, are you tuning in your ear? Are you tuning into the tone and the nuance of what I'm saying? Um, back in the fall of 2021, uh, the uh, we were actually recording something around September uh, 26th. It was on September 26th. We were recording uh, a worship session with our team. And I was asking the Lord what he wanted to do, and I instantly saw a lightning bolt. I saw in my mind's eye uh, a vision of a lightning bolt, and I felt the Lord say to me right away, the voice of the Lord is like lightning that splits or splitting the cedars. And seconds, late, seconds later, I opened up my Bible randomly. Like I didn't have the little, you know, I didn't have a bookmark in there. I didn't have a, a little string or anything. I just opened it up out of nowhere and it literally landed on the verse. Like my eyes, like out of all the verses, out of all the possibilities in scripture, I could have opened it up to. It was kind of like biblical roulette. I opened it up, landed on Psalms 29 verse 7 that says, the voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. Like amazing. I love when God does that. I have this where I see a lightning bolt. I hear this word and I literally open the Bible seconds later and my my eyes are drawn right to this word, the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. And beside the verse from, I guess, years ago, I had drawn a lightning bolt right beside the verse. So here I have this lightning bolt. 
I open the Bible, I see the lightning, uh, the, the verse about lightning, the voice of the Lord, and I see a lightning bolt. And of course, in verse five, just moments earlier, or verses earlier, it actually says, and it splits the mighty cedars. And this was the word that I, I have. And I, and I want to go into this word this morning by saying, what are the mighty cedars in your life? What are the things that need to be split? What are the things that are mighty in your life that need to be broken down in this season. Let me just say that it's the voice of the Lord that's gonna break down some of the things that stand mighty in your life, towering over your life, intimidating your life. And it's funny because 10 to 15 minutes after I had this word, and some of you have heard this before because I shared it in a message, actually had a message called When Lightning Strikes, and uh, that I sh shared like, uh, I think it was a, a few months after this word, but I, I, 10 to 15 minutes later, after I had this whole thing happen to me, it was actually at 10.51 a.m., a friend of mine from Vancouver messages me out of nowhere, three lightning bolts and two bald eagle emojis. Now, for those of you that would understand, like, first of all, three represents a now word and the uh, prophetic, the prophetic, uh, the, sorry, the, sim the symbol of the prophetic in scripture of hearing the voice of God is the eagle. And the Bible says that the mouth uh, or the, the every word that comes from the mouth of God is, con is, is actually confirmed by the mouth of two or three witnesses. The fact that he gave me two eagles was like a confirmation, a witness to the now word that God was speaking. Now, some of you are like, man, that's way too over my head, spiritual. This is how God speaks. And the more we get into his language and understanding symbolism, understanding the little nuances and how God cares about the details, there's no coincidences in the kingdom, only God-sidences, the more we can pay attention when these things happen. And so I knew God was speaking to me. And at the beginning of 2022, um, God gave me a word to share and it was based upon words that God had given me at the end of December of 2021, um, saying that this would be a water walking season, but for it to be a water walking season, there would be a painful stretching that would be attached to it. And so I want us to stay in this space in this season of our life, realizing that God has called you to do the impossible. God has called you to water walk, so to speak. You know, Jesus walked on the water. Peter walked on the water. But before we can walk on the water, there's going to be some painful stretching, things that are hard that we have to get through, things that we have to do, step out into that are going to stretch us beyond what's comfortable. The greatest breakthroughs only come with often the greatest stretching, the most painful of circumstances. It feels hard to step out and do this thing. But if we're going to experience the the wow of God or the awe of God, the wonders of God, there is an element where God is going to call us to do the impossible. He's going to call us to stretch ourselves a little bit, to do things that are outside of our comfort zone. And I, I just believe that we are in a season of radical listening and of a lightning bolt type of a season where when God's voice speaks, it's going to break some stuff. It's going to break the mighty Caesar. It's going to split the things that, you know, feel impossible to split open. The things that are towering over us. And, but we have to listen. We have to be open for what God has to say. I want to read a, a parable in Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, verse one to nine says this, on the same day, 
Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Verse 3, Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed some seed, fell by the wayside. And the birds came and devoured them. Verse 5, Some fell on the stony places, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up, because they had no depth of earth. Verse 6, But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground, and yielded a crop, some of a hundredfold, some of sixty, some of thirty. And we end this parable, very important parable, by the way. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This highlight of listening. Are you listening? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, before we dive into this, obviously we know if you know anything about this parable specifically, it's about the gospel being preached. It's about the message of grace being received by the hearers, okay? The gospel of salvation. But this parable is so important. It's like the cornerstone of our all parables. This parable of what we call the sower, it's the parable of the sower, um, must be understood because if it's not understood, every other parable won't make proper sense. It's actually the first recorded parable of Jesus according to the gospel accounts. Okay, It's the first recorded parable. This parable of the sower is the parable that Jesus taught to the people that literally is like a foundation parable to help us understand every other basic truth that is found in every other parable. We see this in, ver in verse 13 of Mark chapter 4. It says, Jesus said this to them, to his disciples, to the people that he was talking to. If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? Because all the other parables literally rest on this understanding that there are four types of ground that are going to be able to embrace the seed. Four types of ground. And anything that I teach you, anything that I say to you, is going to fall on one of these four types of grounds. And you have the ability to decide whether or not you're going to have good ground, whether you're going to have stony ground, whether you're going to have, you know, whatever ground we've just read, and I'm going to go through this, grounds with thorns around it, or you're going to be the ground that it falls by the wayside, okay? We're going to dive into this a little bit, but we have to understand that this parable literally sets the groundwork, pardon my pun, to give us a basis to start from in every other area of our life when it comes to God speaking, okay? So I want to talk today for a short time on what I'm calling the grounds of the kingdom. The grounds of the kingdom. With a question attached to it, what grounds do you have? What grounds do you have? And I just believe this at the forefront. Yes, we're talking about this, this, this parable really is about the gospel being received by the hearer. But this overflows, this ability to receive the gospel 
overflows into every other area of hearing the voice of God. God can speak to you about your finances. God can speak to you about your career. God can speak to you about your relationships. God can speak to you about the prayers you're praying. God can speak to you about your purpose and about your future. And in some of those areas, you may be really good ground. But in some of those areas, you may be the ground that the seed is falling by the wayside. You may be the ground that the, you start well, you know, start off pretty good, but then the thorns come up and choke the seed. You may be the ground where the birds of the air are constantly taking the seed away because you don't have time. You don't actually allow your soil to embrace the seed, okay? So now let me just read a verse because I feel like this verse really gives us or paves a path for the desire of God in our life when it comes to having fertile soil. And it's found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And this is part of the first commission that ever was given to the or given to people, given to humanity. It says this, then God blessed them, mankind, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. This was the first great commission. Before there was ever a commission, of heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, preach the gospel, love the poor, love the widow, you know, love the world as I have loved the world, the people of the world, you know. Before there was ever a great commission, this was it. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. But we have to, for us to understand how we can do this, we have to understand the word blessed. It says God blessed them and then said fruitful and multiply. He gave them what they needed to do the commission he was commanding them to do. He, God will never ask you to do anything he hasn't already given you the sustenance or substance for. He will never give you a promise without giving you the provision that is needed to fulfill the promise. So God blessed them and then gave them the instruction. So if God's given you instruction, God's called you to something, he's summoning you to something, you can be rest assured that he's given you the spiritual elements, the blessing, the favor, whatever it is that you need to fulfill the thing that he's instructing and calling you and summoning you to do. So that's the word blessed, that's the word barak in the Hebrew, which is a declaration of putting something on that wasn't there before. Literally meaning he's crowning man, mankind, with the same creative energy that it took to create matter in the first place. This Hebrew word translated blessing can also mean to endue with power for success, prosperity, fruitfulness, longevity. So here God is crowning mankind with it's likened to the same creative energy that was used to create matter to begin with. He's crowning mankind with a favor of an ability to have longevity. He's enduing them with power for success, prosperity. He's blessing them. There's a declaration of putting something on them that wasn't already on them so that they can be fruitful and multiply. So the design of God within you is to be fruitful and multiply, to receive your fullest potential while you live on this earth. Some of us have a, have a, have a, a heavenly mindset when it comes to this, that in the sense of when you die, when you're dead, okay, then you're gonna receive the fullness of your potential. Sure, 
nothing necessarily wrong with that. But what is potentially wrong with that is that you don't seek to live out your full potential while you live on the earth before you die. Yes, your heavenly body, your heavenly life is going to be a lot better than your earthly life. I mean, you can't compare it. But this is a practice run. You've been designed by God to be to be fruitful and multiply from a place of a blessing that's already on your life. I mean, Paul said it in Ephesians, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. You have the full inheritance right now. Whether or not you are accessing it for fruitfulness and multiplication is up to your ability to steward what you've been given. So here God's saying, I've given you what you need. Now I'm calling you to be fruitful and multiply. To multiply is to bring in abundance or to live in abundance, to see increase in your life. And so it's important we understand this because when we read this parable and we see the different ground that the seed falls on and we see the last ground, the good ground that yields 30, 60, and 100 fold, we know that this ultimately is God's design that we all be good ground, that we all have good ground in every area of our life so that we can produce, so that we can be fruitful, so that we can multiply. And we can do all of that. Why? Because we've already been blessed. This is the good news of the gospel. You've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, according to Ephesians chapter 1. You've been raised, according to Ephesians chapter 2, and seated with Christ in heavenly places. If you're in heavenly places, guess what? You have an all-access pass to everything in heaven right now. You live two places at once. Hebrews 4 verse 16, that you can boldly approach the throne of grace to obtain mercy in time of need. Whatever it is that you have need of, you have an all-access pass to receive grace and mercy consistently so that you can live out the life you're called to live on the earth in abundance. John 10 verse 10, why did Jesus come? To give you a life, not just life, but life in abundance, and that word is super abundance. The devil comes, the thief comes, it says, he, it, the word says in John 10 verse 10, to steal, kill, and destroy. But God, through Christ, has come to give you a life of a super abundance, a super abundant life, okay? So the question today is what grounds do you have? Do you have wayside grounds? Number one, wayside grounds. We see in Mark chapter or Matthew chapter 13 that some seed fell upon the wayside and the birds of the air came and snatched the seed. Now, this is in verse um, verse 4. And he so as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came and devoured them. I was literally uh, driving by um, uh, a neighboring property just this week, picking up one of my my kids from from jujitsu, and I'm driving by, and I and there was a, I guess all this seed that had been put on the ground on this guy's lawn to to fix his lawn, and I literally walked by, and there were all these crows on the the lawn. I don't know if they're crows or ravens, they're blackbirds, anyways, and they were on the lawn and they were eating the seed, and I immediately I was like sharing with one of my kids who was with me, I was like, this is what happens. This is what happens when God speaks and that seed, it's like seed, his voice is like seed and it falls on a hard heart because the wayside literally means soil that cannot embrace the seed. To have seed fall on the wayside is to fall on a hard heart, hard soil, soil that cannot embrace the seed, soil that's not open to embrace 
and 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 kind of bring in the seed. And so here that these these birds were coming and they were snatching the seed before the soil could embrace the seed, it was being snatched from the soil. I think a lot of us at times in certain areas of our life have this happen. It's like God gives you a word, God gives you a promise, God speaks to you on a Sunday morning, God speaks to you at work through your coworker, somebody encourages you. It's like people that are in a discouraged place. They can be receiving encouragement from all sides, everywhere they go, and they're just like, they don't hear it. Nobody cares, nobody's encouraging, yet you've had 20 encouragements this week alone, but because your heart is hard, or your heart is hard, you can't see it anywhere. You can't receive it. You can't hear it. And so as a result, guess what happens is that seed can only stay for so long. It's like, metaphorically speaking, it's like it gets snatched from you. Now you have no recollection, no ability to see that it ever even happened. This is the wayside. What areas of your life is seed falling upon the wayside? What areas of your life is the ground of your heart hard? Then we have stony places. Number two, stoning places. It says here, some fell, in verse 5, some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up and they were scorched, because they had no root, they withered away. I think there are areas of our all of our lives. Now, I'm drawing a different way of looking at this parable. I'm drawing out how I believe that there are are areas of our life that we can apply to all four of these places of our of our lives. Just But even though this parable is about the gospel, I, I believe that we can apply all of this stuff to every area of our life. I think there are stony places in our life. It's like we have a little bit of depth. You know, maybe at one point in your life, you were doing pretty good and you developed some depth, but you stopped. You stopped. Seed falls there. It grows quickly. It's like, wow, you see the breakthrough? But because it has no depth of earth, it has no depth, um, it, it, it gets scorched by the sun. It has no root. What areas of your life have you not allowed things to take root? I think so many people, I was trying this like several weeks ago, uh, live on a Sunday, talking about how, you know, we, we try God on like a pair of pants, or at least we say we tried God, and he's not a pair of pants that we just try on, they don't fit, so we throw it away. You can't really try God. It's not something you try. It's like, I, I tried a relationship. Well, for how long? I mean, how do you know how long it takes to build a relationship? Well, I tried for six months, I tried for five years. Well, no, it's a lifetime building relationship. Building real deep bonds takes a lifetime. If you wanna build deep roots, it takes time. And I think a lot of us sacrifice something so good in our life because things don't happen quick enough. And therefore, we don't allow the roots to go really deep. And I was sharing, it's kind of like, uh, you know, trusting God with your money. This is a big one. You know, trusting God with your tithe, or I tried tithing, or I tried giving an offering, or I tried, no, this is a lifestyle. Like, faith is not something you do one time. It's a state of being. If you're saying that you are in faith, you are not in faith because you made one step of faith. You are in faith as a state of being that everything in your life is, is motivated by this state of being as somebody who's persuaded by God. Not, not just an action that you do. I'm persuaded by God that he's good. And because he's good, 
I'm going to step out and do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to trust him in this. I'm going to test him in this. I'm going to allow him to do what he wants to do in my life because I choose to trust him and I'm persuaded that he is who he says he is. And and it's kind of like giving. It's like we, we, we try God and we test God in this area and we don't see the immediate return. Our roots aren't, aren't able to go deep enough and therefore, you know, when things get hard in our life, it's like the metaphoric sun comes out, life gets hard, it scorches the plant and because it has no depth of root, it can't survive. And we quit on this revelation of trusting God with our finances, but we've never had time. We never had time to develop root systems, to go deep. And I think a lot of us, and I'm just using finances as a thing because this is a big one for so many people, massive one. They, they say they believe God, but they won't believe God when it gets hard. And, and you can apply this not just in finances, in every area of their life, in relationships. Like they say they've, you know, they believe God for healthy relationships, but when things get hard, they quit or their career. When things don't go their way, they get a new manager, they get a new boss, they don't like how the boss, the manager is operating, they quit because it gets hard. Well, it happens in church, it happens in every area of our life. And the only way that we can develop deeper roots is to actually take care of the soil, to get rid of the stones, to get rid of the stony ground that eventually is not gonna allow the roots to go deeper. You know, the, the deeper you go, the more stones you're gonna find. And we need to take time to deal with the stones. We need to take time, not only on the surface, but even as we go deeper, we're gonna hit some stuff. Our root systems are gonna hit some stones at times and we gotta deal with those stones. And we can either say, okay, time to stop growing or we're gonna deal with the stones, deal with the hard things that come our way. Number three, we have the thorns. We have the thorns. It says in verse um, seven, and some seed fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. The thorns sprang up and choked them. And I just think that so many people in our, in, in watching right now, you know, it, it feels at times as though there are things that are constantly trying to choke the seed. This could be the cares of the world. This could be the fears, the maybe the love of money. It could be so many things, the anxieties, the fear of lack that are the thorns around our lives that come and choke the seed. So it starts off okay. We receive the seed, but because of where it was planted, the vicinity, we didn't deal with some of these idolatrous desires in our life or, you know, um, unhealthy longings in our life. Maybe it's addiction. Things that eventually, if we don't deal with, it's gonna choke the life out of the seed. Ask yourself the question, what areas of my life are there surrounding the soil of my heart that could be things that will choke out the seed of God's word? So God speaks to me, I'm doing good for a while, but then these things creep in. Greed, maybe an addiction to gambling, maybe an addiction to gossip, an addiction, whatever it is, it could be anything, pride, arrogance, it could be anything the love of money, it could be lust, it could be any area of our life that maybe we haven't dealt with that are thorns in our life. And if we don't remove those thorns, eventually the goodness of God, the good seed of God's word, God speaking to us, the word of God can be choked out by those things in our life because they fall among thorns. Then we have the good ground, which is really 
the ground I really want to aim and and land on, focus on the most, the good ground. And this describes the soil that is both fertile and weed free. A good productive crop grows on good soil, on good ground. It says here, and some seed, verse 8, but some seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I love this breakdown. Like I said in last week's message, when you see a hundred, especially in this context, it's not necessarily speaking of a hundredfold, it's speaking of full potential. And the breakdown really is some of us will be able to produce part of our potential, some of us will be able to produce a good chunk of our potential, and some of us will be able to produce the fullness of our potential. What do you want? What kind of ground do you want? I want the ground that produces a hundredfold. I know there's going to be areas of my life that in the beginning I'm producing 30-fold, 60-fold, and once again, it's not a literal number. It speaks to like an inability to maximize the full potential. But I believe it's within all of our potential to maximize the fullness of what God has for us while we live on this earth. My 100-fold may not be your 100-fold. Your 30-fold may not be my 30-fold. But we are called to receive and reap and produce the fullness of what we can personally on the earth while we live on the earth. Now, if you read the Gospels, especially in Mark, Luke, and Matthew's account, of this parable, which is once again uh, uh, a cornerstone parable to understand all other parables, to understand what kind of ground we are, what kind of ground we want to be. The your ability to produce 30, 60, and 100 fold is dependent entirely on your ability to respond to the word of God. To respond. If you're thinking, okay, so what does it mean to have good soil? Well, number one, it means your ability to respond. How quickly will you respond? I think the 30-fold person maybe doesn't respond as quick as they should. They're a lot longer in process. They overanalyze everything. And I'm just sharing my opinion on this. There are lots of uh, scholarly takes on the 30, 60-fold and 100-fold and why they are the way they are and even how you read you know, Mark, Luke, and Matthew's account. They all share them differently. You know, One gospel shares it as, 30, 60, 100. One gospel shares it as 160, 30. And one gospel only talks about the 100. And so you you wonder, and there's reasons why, because the writers of these gospels all have a different take and perspective. And each book, Luke, Mark, and Matthew, which records these accounts, all have a different theme. And if you look at the culture, the context of the theme of the book, and the context of the person writing the letter and the account, you can take into account why and what these uh, each account represents and how it represents different. I'm not going to necessarily dive into that because it's more speculation, speculative, and there's different scholarly opinion on that. But I want to just focus on the core of why I think it's important to see and understand this 30, 60, and 100. But before I do that, I want to just break down what good ground looks like. It says some will fall on good ground. This good ground in the word, in the Greek literally means excellent, beautiful. It means precious. It means useful, suitable, admirable, excellent in its nature and characteristics, competent. So 
These are all things, if you wanna understand what good ground looks like, these are all things that relate to what it's talking about. I wanna have competent ground, I wanna have excellent in nature, I wanna have commendable, admirable, I wanna have excellent ground, precious, useful, suitable ground. And like I said, our ability to produce and see all these things take place in our life, to see the good ground in our life, literally is dependent upon our ability to respond to his word. I wanna be someone that doesn't just produce 30, not just 60, but a hundredfold in every area of my life. And the hundredfold, like I've been saying, represents the fullness, the capacity, the full capacity while I'm here on this earth. I've heard it said like this, that the 30 represents biblically, because each number has a, uh, a biblical sort of, uh, well, when you study biblical numerology, each number in scripture has a meaning. 30 can represent dedication to authority, leadership, and or rulership. 60 can represent this idea of help, support, this idea of whatever is being upheld. And the number 100 can represent the idea of life from death or resurrection. And obviously we know that a hundred, you know, to, to see um, full resurrection, fullness of life take place in our life is the greatest of all things. I mean, the fact that Jesus died and resurrected, it's the gospel message. We've been resurrected with him. To receive the fullness of life, we have to have that relationship with him. To understand that we have been raised to new life, seated with him, in heavenly places. This is the desire that we want. But the number 30, like I said, represents dedication to authority, leadership, and rulership. When we receive the word, Jesus in our life, he produces within us a dedication to his authority, his leadership, and his rulership. One commentary says that to receive the 60-fold, this idea of help, support in our life, we receive Jesus into our life and we truly hear him and we know that he is our help, our support, and our strength. It's like, it kind of shows you a little bit of the, the journey, you know. We dedicate our life to God. We dedicate our life to his authority. Then we be begin to rely on his help, rely on his support. But then ultimately, the, the number 100 represents we come into the fullness of resurrection, the fullness of life. And this is what we want. This is the desire of God. Another passage where we see this 100-fold return is found in Mark chapter 10, verse 25 to 30. It says, in fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, which is literally impossible, basically, than a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 26, the disciples were astounded. Then who in this world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Then Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you. We've given up it all. Like we've been good ground. We've been good ground. We've been fertile ground. We've embraced your seed. We've responded to your word. We've given up it all to follow you. And in verse 29, Jesus responds by saying, yes, Jesus replied. And I assure you that everyone, listen to this, who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now 
in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and prosperity along with persecution. I love how it goes along with persecution. This is not talking about one day when you die. Those who have given up precious things, this is the context, what is precious to them, and in this culture, these are all the most precious things, precious things to them, now, for the sake of the good news, they've literally planted their seed into the kingdom. They've given their lives. They've responded to the word of God. They've received the seed with open arms, with open hearts. They've been fertile soil. And as a result, they've responded well because they were open. Those who have given up all of this stuff, what's precious to them for the sake of the good news, will receive a hundred times all these things. The fullness, they will maximize the potential return, not just return of investment, but return on investment. You can receive a return of your investment, which is not really a good return, you're just getting your investment back. But to receive a return on investment, I'm speaking in investment terms right now, you're receiving not only your investment back, but even more. This is what he's saying here. Whatever you've sown into the ground, you're gonna receive a hundred times. You're gonna maximize your potential because of your sacrificial obedience, because of what you've given up. He's literally acknowledging Peter's address, saying, I've given it up at all. Like We've given up everything to follow you. He's like, yes, and you're gonna get incredible return back to you, but also along with persecution. It's like, you're going to get the blessing, you're going get to get the return, but you're going to get also some hard stuff. It's not going to get easier, but you're going to receive reward. I love this. I read this last week in Genesis chapter 26, verse 12, when Isaac sowed in that land and reaped and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. My prayer for you in this season is that you would have a hundredfold mentality. You'd have a hundredfold mentality. You cannot receive a hundredfold breakthrough in your life with a 30-fold mentality. You cannot receive a hundredfold breakthrough in your life with a 60-fold mentality. God wants your ground to be fertile. But for you to be fertile, you have to have an ability to respond to his word, to respond, to engage to step out in faith, to do what he's called you to do, to plant the seeds he's called you to plant, and you will see God do amazing things in and through your life. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I pray that, God, you'd remove the wayside soil. You'd remove the thorny soil, the stony soil. God, I pray that you'd give us good soil in this season. And that, God, we wouldn't just be 30-fold return people, 60-fold return, that we would be 100-fold return people in Jesus' name in this season. Whatever area it is, career, relationships, God, I pray that like Isaac, you would prosper your people in a time when it's hard, in a time when it feels like famine, it feels like just fear is knocking on our door. God, we can lock in and lock arms with you and believe and some of us maybe have said that, God, we've given up everything. We've given up it all to follow you. Where's the return? And I just believe that God is saying to you today, it's coming. It's coming. We don't know God's timing, but the promise is it is coming. We don't know when it's going to happen. 
I know if I look back on my life, I am living things right now that I prayed in tears for 15 years ago. But sometimes when you're living in it, you forget that, hey, like I'm living on the tears. Like tears were the water of the seed of the soil of my life. Those tears that I cried 15 years ago in prayer watered the seed that produced the tree that I'm now living under the shade of in my life. And we can forget sometimes that where we were 15 years ago was praying for the things that we're living today. And the same thing, what we're praying for today may just be the thing we're living in 15 years from now. So we don't know the timing. We don't know when it's gonna happen. But it happens so organically and before you know it, you're living in the land you prophesied one day you would live in. And so I pray today, God, that you would remind us of first of all, all the breakthroughs that we have had, but that you are still the same God of breakthrough today and forever. And that you're gonna continue to move us forward into hundredfold return in the areas of our life that we have given up everything for in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would just shock us and surprise us in this season. Give us the good ground that we need to produce what you've called us to produce in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Kingdom Culture. We will see you next week.